Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to WrestleWolf. This is Reconsidering WCW Nitro Presents Clash of Champions 1996. <laughs> Do you think our titles are a little uh, wordy? Probably. No, I think they're fine. And uh, I am Doc. No, you think they're fine? I'm Dr. Damien Damien Gibson. And joining me, as always, is a man who only deals in kayfabe. It's Matthew Kayfabe of the Kayfabe family. Hello. How are you going? <laughs> Sometimes I have things to say, Doctor, and I'm and occasionally occasionally I have I have witty responses, but I have none today. I need you to heal me through the uh, discussion of wrestling. You're uh, you're the type of your family's the type of uh, family that gets brought up in a conversation between James Bond and him. <laughs> you know, at the beginning of a James Bond film, his name's Kayfabe, Matthew Kayfabe, Filthy Rich. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> You know, well, just saying it sounds I am like the, that. Well, you are. I am like, the man with, with kind the of lust made... for gold, uh, with the Midas touch. Um, <laughs> yeah, with the Midas touch. Um, is painting someone in gold having the Midas touch? That's just being a psychopath. I don't know, right? but some, one of those women actually died because um, they didn't have like they didn't leave any like gaps for her skin to breathe. Um, is that true? Is that an urban myth? I don't fucking myth? know, man, but I've said it on our podcast, so you want to hope it's true. It's kayfabe. <laughs> it's kayfabe. No, because the girl against the girl who does, because there's a, in Goldfinger, fuck it, we're here now. <laughs> in Goldfinger, there is a girl that's with James Bond, Sean Connery, and uh, they sleep together, so she's going to die. That's the way Bond films worked back then. And um, It's sort of the way, like, lots goes- of overly moralistic things written by men worked. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, just watch any horror movie ever, like <laughs> up until maybe the last year and a half. Anyway, Bond is with this girl. Uh, they sleep together. He wanders off to look at odd job or something. I don't know. Anyway, he comes back and this girl is like just covered in gold paint, and it's like a warning shot from Goldfinger to be like, back off. But in real life, they had Kill to. Her. Um, Goldfinger actually did it. He's a method actor. <laughs> yeah. They had to leave a little patch at the very base of her spine underneath her underwear mm. 
uh, that wasn't covered in gold because she would have asphyxiated if they hadn't done that. And I think that story and what happens in the movie has been... So so what you're saying is crossed together and it's become like this girl died in the gold in the on goldfinger a girl so died. thank you for the impersonation of me uh you're <laughs> that's not you're you. saying that that's i've confused film, that's film i've confused uh, <laughs> the story of the movie goldfinger in which someone dies from a skin suffocation uh no, what I'm saying is With that reality. story is a combination of the real life story and what happens in the movie, and it's become over 50 years. It's become. Did you know that Sean Connery purposely painted over a girl's patch on her back so she would? Do you want to die? know what's shocking? Shirley Eaton, who Although, died with uh, Sean Connery's attitudes towards women, her character's <laughs> death being painted head to toe in gold paint and suffering skin suffocation led to an urban myth that Eaton had died during filming. She actually outlived the rest of the Goldfinger cast. Oh, yeah. I know my James Bond facts. James Bond She's still alive. Fact, 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 fact. Yeah. Is she really? But no, I literally, like, I mixed up what happened in that movie with reality, which is deeply concerning. Um, No, it's an urban myth that's been going around for ages. I believe all urban myths, because one of them's got to be right. (laughs) Yeah. Like the one where uh, someone robs someone's house and they leave a film, a canister of film. This is an mm. old one. And then the people get the, like after they get, they speak to the police and they go and get like their, every, like after a few days they go and get their film mm. developed. And when they get the photos back, um, there's photos of like the robbers like, Using sticking these people's toothbrushes up their asses and stuff. <laughs> That's better than like the photos of them sleeping <laughs> in or whatever. Like I don't know. That would that would freak yeah, me out. Yeah, that, that's probably been Australianized. I think <laughs> that version. Americans are like, yeah, they they were sneaking in and watching us sleep and like you know, booby trapping our house and we're like they put our toothbrush up their asses. Yeah, and then I used that toothbrush for the next week and a half. Ah. <sighs> Ew, it is pretty. Uh, it's objectively gross to do that. To <laughs> it's <fair>. really, <laughs> it's really fucked up. I mean, not only have you taken my PS Five and TV, uh, I I just don't know why you did it. <laughs> you're giving me pink. You're giving me pink teeth. Over yeah, here. that's. It's not good. All right, let's move on, please. <laughs> so we're at Clash of Champions. <laughs> uh, <laughs> January, January twenty third, nineteen ninety six, coming from Caesar's Palace, uh, in um, a little state called Nevada, uh, Las Vegas. Uh, this is the second year in a row where they've done this, where they've had a Nitro um, and a Clash of Champions filmed basically at the same time, and then they put them on uh, two nights at a in a row. Uh, well, they couldn't have done Nitro last year. That, that fact must be wrong, Wikipedia. <laughs> anyway. Um, you told them. We, there, there was, well, it must be, right? We're the, we're the experts. Right. I've got a bloody doctor in wrestling. Uh, there was a dark match between uh, Lord Stephen Regal and Chris Benoit, which is a shame that didn't make it to air because it could have been a half-decent match. Yep. But we started with Public Enemy uh, versus the Nasty Boys. Uh, and they fought to a double disqualification because they're both so insane. Uh, 
What did you, what did you think? I despise the Nasty Boys. They might be my most hated professional wrestlers. And I think it's because, like, I spent a lot of time, uh, you know, identifying as a middle-class punk. And it really bothered me watching these people. Uh, you know, when I was like fifteen, or when I was, you know, fourteen. Oh, you're a real yeah, yeah, punk. Yeah. When I was going to when I was going to school, and uh, listening to me first and the Gimme Gimmies and Dude Ranch, I was like, "Fuck them, Dude Ranch is a good." Oh album. God, we're not having that debate. <laughs> that's for that's for the season two of uh, River of Dreams. You'll eventually get to my age and realize that everything that you liked is part of your backstory. <laughs> Doesn't necessarily mean that it's great now, but you shouldn't be ashamed not, of it. It was part of uh, who made, made you who you are. I'm not ashamed of it. I'm proud of myself for realising that I was wrong and becoming... There was a period of your life where you thought Tom and Mark were the funniest dudes on the face of the planet. And that's what I thought music should be. They were they were my weird Al Yankovic. <laughs> <laughs> Blink of fun, man. <laughs> Remember when Blink-182 were fun? Remember I, when they were fun, I guys? I like them now where it's like, they're not together and Tom's obsessed with aliens and writes these like dense novels about like I do love I do love I'm like Tom way Tom. into the fact that he's a complete fucking lunatic. I really like Angels and Airways. No, as I've well. got taste, so I don't I don't like that. But you know. They're good guys. Trust trust me. <laughs> you can, stop. You, can really uh, you can do your own <laughs> podcast on Angels and Airwaves. Do one. <laughs> I'm currently in the middle of one. We're up to love part oh, two. Oh, God. Ugh. They're not good. They're actually not good. And I'm not going to take this. No, they are I really would rather good. listen to Plus 44 anyway. or throw myself off a building. Oh. <laughs> or I cut your nose off to spite your face, though. Go for it. Tom DeLonge being serious, I can handle. Mark Hope is being serious, I, can't, I cannot handle at all. I'm going to go and, like, listen to their ears and cry later. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so you hated the Nasty Boys because they're fake punks yes. and you're a real punk. Um, as I get older, I realise that I'm, I'm a fake punk and that they might actually be real punks, although they're friends with Hulk Hogan and I just feel that probably means they're not. But um, no, they just, I just hate them. I just like unfairly, unreasonably hate them and don't want to watch them for four minutes against the public enemy. I. It's weird, man, because like... Uh, as I con- consistently point out, I'm older than you. And so the Nasty Boys were part of watching wrestling for such a long time and I never had any feelings towards mm. them at all. Like I never, I was never like, oh, cool, the Nasty Boys, but I was never like, ugh, I hate these guys. Like I just, which is weird because I usually have an opinion about every wrestler <laughs> and just for the, the Nasty Boys were just vanilla. I did, which is weird because they're they're such big, larger than life guys. As you know, the way they look and all that sort of thing. Um, and it, it's, I still feel that way now. Watching this back, I was like, eh. yeah. I think this this four minute match did not evoke emotion. Did not. Did not. What's that Marie Kondo thing? Happiness? Something? Evoke happiness? I don't know. I don't know. I'm not sure. I, don't, I haven't watched it. I've just seen the memes. I don't know. I don't understand memes. I'm old. <laughs> um, so uh, I seem to remember Public Enemy and Nasty Boys. Like from now for like the next three years, they'll be wrestling each other. 
while I feel like, well, I don't know, were they, the public enemy sort of, were they, they, they're not that long for this world. Like, I think they got, they've only got a couple more years in WC, or another year and a half or something in WCW. I think by 98, they're back in ECW. Oh, okay. Um, I could maybe. be wrong about that, but I... Yeah, maybe it just felt like every, you know, they were wrestling every week, so maybe it felt like seven years and it was only a yeah. year, but... <laughs> um, We... I... I know it was the style at the time. I cannot handle these frog eye sunglasses <laughs> that all the wrestlers are wearing to the ring. Johnny Grunge has got them on this time. Last week it was Brian Pillman, and I was like, I hate his sunglasses. And <laughs> he looks like he bought them from a gas station. And you were like, uh, you very rightly pointed out that that was like the fashion in 1995, 96. Like everybody wanted these and then i i remembered that like i'm actually a hypocrite because at that time i played cricket which is uh baseball for the rest of the world <laughs> and uh i wanted i w- i wanted a pair of those sunglasses to wear while i was fielding and you would have looked really cool so badly and i got this christmas just gone like 1996 i got a pair i had a pair of these sunglasses <laughs> to wear playing cricket <laughs> can i just can- so, I'd like to apologise to Brian Pillman and Johnny Grunge, <laughs> but they look cheap. They right? look awful. like they look, and also shit. like they're just not. Yeah. Um, I don't know. They're just the Public Enemy. They're cool. not cool, but they're the, the cool. Public Enemy really aren't. I've started watching ECW in preparation for our ECW show coming. Uh, this is the show that is legitimately coming uh, in. Uh, in uh, a, a month or so, uh, the public enemy are these like awful heels, and they're not. Uh, they're just sort of uh, wavy guys who like tables in WCW. I just have one right. more thing to say about the Nasty Boys. Um, in WWF, mm-hmm. they are uh, billed as from Nastyville, which is Allentown, Pennsylvania. Allentown. That's all I have to say. Billy Joel. All right, and I'm out. Thank you guys for listening. Um, You know, we're getting more and more listeners every week. It's, you know, really great if you just subscribe to the feed, um, you know, rate and review and all that kind of good stuff. Um, You know, my friend said I shouldn't say this, but, you know, it is really crazy to look at the amount of people listening. Um, Anyway, Pepe's dead. (laughs) That's that's, uh, spot on. That's pitch perfect. (laughs) Hey, um... I don't know whether this is like just no one bothered to watch the Clash of Champions uh, stuff that they're putting on the network, but there's like ads on here. Yeah, this it's weird, isn't it? It's like it's been like taken from a VHS tape. Like, <laughs> I know it's crazy. There's ads for we won't go like I I you know I, I didn't write down every single ad, but there were ads for Karate Karate Man action figures. Uh, there was ads for Hot Pockets. That look really gross. We had, um, did we have hot pockets here? Did they make their way to Australia? Um, yeah, yeah, we did, but yeah. But they look, our ones look different to theirs. Yeah, uh, ours are called like pizza, pizza pockets or something. Pizza pockets, yeah. I don't know if they were the same thing. Ours look a bit healthier, if that's possible. When the kid opened the the 
pocket up. It was just this massive, like, yellow yeah, and yeah, orange. Yeah. I mean, the American cheese does not look <laughs> good. The uh, Yeah, the orange cheese, I'm not. Like, it's just, I don't know what the deal with that is. No one else has orange cheese, Americans. Yeah, it's weird, guys. It's not naturally orange. You're you're bl- you're no. changing the color of cheese. <laughs> Something's happening from the cow to your fridge. Yeah. <laughs> Something weird's going on. You should look into it. And like, I know you guys are busy. Like, you know, they're closing all the factories down, and out in Bethlehem, they're killing time. But like, you know, what's going on here? <laughs> look. I'm not saying it should be your number one priority. There's a few other things to work out in the States at the moment. But once everything's back to normal, look into the orange cheese, man. Or tell us why the cheese is orange. Yeah, just just hit us up. Let us know. That would be good. Thank you. Uh, anyway, I, there were, it was very nostalgic. Those ads, like... Um, it, just to give you guys an insight, I mean, there are Australian listeners, obviously, but ultimately all that ever happens in Australia is that we just, people go to the States or watch things from the States and then we just do our own version, own shit version of it. And so like watching these ads from the from 1996 was like, ah, we had, we had stuff like that. It was just not quite the same. Yeah, it is weird how like it's sort of like, we're like the Aldi to America's, yeah. like, you know, Woolworths or whatever. Yeah, it's like when you ask for a Spider-Man action figure and you get, like, a arachnid person from your grandma and you're like, well, it's, you know... And, like, it's sort of like a weird cross between Venom and Spider-Woman's costume. And you're like, oh, it's kind of... That's what Australian stuff's like. Yeah, agreed. <laughs> uh, next up, we've got Dean Malenko versus Alex Wright. These guys put on good matches, man. Yeah, d- d- I, I once again, uh, yeah, Dean Malenko is is really good at wrestling. He's really enjoyable mm. to watch. He's uh, he has a slight heel turn in this match. The um, yeah, this I mean, this isn't this isn't long enough, but like, it's just he's just so enjoyable. He's like. I feel like there's not actually that many people that you're like, oh, it's like such a missed opportunity or whatever. Like, you know, like Sam Punk left when he was like 38 and had already won the world title multiple times. And, you know, there was never going to be a better Sam Punk moment than him leaving uh, Chicago with the world title through the crowd. Um, you know, like, you know, Daniel Bryan, when we thought <sighs> he'd retired, we'd have the best Daniel Bryan moment we were going to have. Um, you know, and people complain mm. about all oh, the, you know, they do, they do, but they, they, like most people did. Dean Malenko genuinely didn't. Um, you know, he was, he probably should have, someone should have invested in finding how to, you know, get this guy over in a bigger way. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. Um, he beats the schlongster here in five minutes. And uh, Alex Wright, because of uh, Dean Malenko's dastardly deeds the night before and uh, on Saturday night uh, Alex Wright was all riled up uh, but Dean Malenko still got the win um, next up we've got uh, we've got the Taskmaster yeah that's yeah the Taskmaster's meant to wrestle uh, Disco Inferno Disco Inferno sends out and look 
this is a big call because there's a lot of in, a lot of Elvis impersonators, and there's been a lot over the years. Mm. Um, but th- we found the worst one in history um, that comes to the ring and does a singing telegram <laughs> to announce to Taskmaster to announce that Disco won't be wrestling tonight. Well, that's what he almost seems like an impersonation of an impersonation of Elvis. Like he's never actually seen Elvis. He's just seen a shit in yeah. impersonator. Someone's just described to him what Elvis is, and he's guessed. Mm. Yeah, it's like you know, not actually that <laughs> talented. If, stole all his best songs, uh, you know, all that kind of stuff. If you were Eric Bischoff, uh, or just the boss of WCW, would you accept? Um, I'm not wrestling tonight because I'm going to the Colonel and Sherry's wedding instead yeah well i think you know like i i believe in like workplace entitlements and that kind of stuff um i don't see any problem with someone saying uh look sorry i've actually got a personal uh event on tonight i can't um come to work i'm putting leave in um i think that's perfectly fine um if i was going to a wedding on a work day I would just email HR and say, hey, I need this day off um, and get that approved. I probably wouldn't send an Elvis impersonator to taunt HR. But to be fair, my job's not pretending to get hit in the head. It's true. It's not. It's just not. No, it's not. It's it's not. It's coming up with kayfabe. That's exactly right. That's the, that's the family business. But you guys don't get hit in the head. You just pass those stories on to... These morons who are willing to get hit in the head yeah. for money. I, I, I'm just independently wealthy and spend my time tweeting Vince McMahon my ideas and thoughts. Hmm. 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 Um, Tony Schiavone says this sentence, and I literally laughed out loud. <laughs> I'm about to again. The Taskmaster is beating up Elvis. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't. Just, is he supposed to be a I heel? Didn't, I didn't. I don't know. I, I just didn't think it was a sentence I was going to hear today, and it caught me completely off guard. And I, I loved it. And I think Tony Schiavone knew exactly what he was doing, and uh, he popped me. So well done, Skiavone. Um, Eric Bischoff is doing a lot of interviewing tonight. He's not behind. He's not on comms desk, mm. but that doesn't mean that I'm not going to be paying attention to what he's wearing. He's dressed like David Byrne tonight. And uh, you know, didn't pick Eric Bischoff as a date as a Talking Heads fan. <laughs> there is no way Eric Bischoff is a Talking Heads fan. I don't know. He's surprised. Like, if anyone in the wrestling world is going to be a Talking Heads fan, maybe not now because all the kids are so like, you know, sensitive and, and tuned <laughs> in and stuff. But like of this generation, the only per I could like if you said to me the only person in this locker room who knows who the Talking Heads are is Eric Bischoff, that wouldn't surprise me. I don't know. I suspect like guys like like Macho Man and that who are just like complete off the wall arty freaks uh, probably have some idea of, of what what David Burney. You think Macho Man is an arty freak and not a I do <laughs> roided up beach bum? That's right, I do. <laughs> If you guys want to know what Hulk Hogan and or Macho Man would have ended up like if they weren't wrestlers, watch The Beach Bomb starring Matthew McConaughey. (laughs) (laughs) It's probably pretty accurate. Hulk Hogan would have been the bass player in Metallica. (laughs) He could have been. 
but he chose to be the greatest wrestler of all time. Instead. Oh, that his words, not mine. <laughs> I, mine are it's Bret Hart. Oh, Bret Hart. God, Hornswoggle, Orange Cassidy. <laughs> That's the top three. <laughs> I mean, I don't even know if you're joking anymore. Like, <laughs> I know. it's starting to become so meta that it's real. Like, <laughs> it's frustrating. Um. We so he, yeah. I just wanted to point out Eric Bischoff's uh, suit. He'll he'll come back. Mister Wonderful cuts a promo here. This is weird. Um, this is before the Brian Pillman and Eddie Guerrero match that we've got coming up next. Um, it should be like the beginning of the promo is kind of like move. Not maybe not moving, but it's you know it's a wrestler talking about how this is a career ending injury. And as far as we know, it actually is a career and yeah. injury, right? And they know that, but it's still being used as an angle with Pillman. It's it's exceptionally strange. Like in the interviews, exceptionally strange. And the fact that Gary Spivey's there, like I can't believe that's <laughs> what they've followed up on. Like, so if you haven't watched it, <laughs> Mister Wonderful does this promo that. He's a good promo, but then kind of ends in a way where it's like he's about to wrestle Pillman next. Mm. Um, and he talks about how he was on a roll, thanks to Gary Spivey. And it's kind of like a serious, it's like almost like a shoot promo. And then it cuts to the audience and Gary Spivey's there. Like, gee, he just makes me laugh every time I look at him. He's stupid steel wool wig. Going number one, Mister Wonderful's number one. It's 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 just so strange that they're running this when, like, it is. It's the end of his career. Do you think that they were contractually obliged to have him on Gary Spivey air or something? I don't know. Like that, that would make more sense than being like, we better get Gary Spivey in to follow up that excellent angle from six months ago that no one remembers where Gary Spivey... Yes, (laughs) except for us, obviously. (laughs) Where, you know, Gary Spivey came in and, you know, told Mr. Wonderful to be good and to believe in himself. You are wonderful. (laughs) I am wonderful. (laughs) (laughs) You are wonderful. I am wonderful. (laughs) My uh, My favorite thing of this promo, though, even though it kind of hit me right here in the heart was uh, Mr. Wonderful's pronunciation of uh, Four Horsemen in the sense of like how grammatically incorrect it was. He's <laughs> like, a pillman wants to be a Four Horseman. <laughs> like, no, no, it's just Horseman. <laughs> just drop the four. He did it about seven times. <laughs> he wants to be a Four Horseman. Um, yeah, you want to be a Four Horseman, baby? <laughs> made me laugh so much (laughs) i want these kind of wrestlers back i want wrestlers like this doing promos with no help that's what made don't get a team of little morons like me and matt writing scripts for them get them to do it off the top of their head so they say ridiculous things like brian pillman wants to be a four horseman i want to hear more of that (laughs) I feel that if you were writing wrestling, uh, that's we will be getting a lot more of that kind of stuff. Yeah. Well, if it was me writing wrestling, it'd be uh, Hornswoggle versus Undertaker in a Hell in a Cell match. <laughs> Lumberjack Hell in a Cell match. 
just everything. I come from the Vince Russo school of wrestling booking. <laughs> Very much so. I'm team Vince <laughs> Russo. Uh, there's no there's no winners in that, is there? Which team Vince you choose, McMahon or Russo? No, there's not. Not, not for this podcast. Um, I've tried as long as I can to not bring up uh, Colonel Parker and uh, Sensational Sherry's wedding, but I mean, it is basically the main story of this pay per view question mark. So uh, we, there's been a couple of times where we've crossed to a chapel and Mean Jeans just been like, "No one's here." And it's like, okay, well, that's weird. Anyway, Colonel Parker's finally shown up at the drive-through chapel, which is supposedly quite famous. Um, I, I don't know anything about it, but anyway, doesn't mean it's not. Uh, and I kind of like this Colonel Parker character where he's like, <laughs> your just... this this podcast has is has been nothing but an evolution of your feelings on Colonel Parker. <laughs> no, I mean I, the way he is in this particular uh, segment where he's all like, "Oh, Gene, I don't have any money. I've lost all my money. Can you lend me money?" <laughs> but I I really. <laughs> I really like that, like that bit. If you use that as a character, as a like a managerial character, I think that could be something that you could place in 2020 <laughs> and it would work really well. Just like this skeevy, nervous guy can't get his shit together and is constantly trying to like wrangle wrestlers into being, you know, being managed by him, but he can just never get his... It's just a perennial loser, basically. Mm. Uh, it is. It is pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> I like it. But he's not usually like that. But today, this time tonight, he is. Uh, anyway, then it cuts back to the ring. Oh no, sorry. We've got uh, Brian Pillman versus uh, Eddie Guerrero. Um, Pillman gets the win here by holding on to Guerrero's tights. They're building up Pillman in a really big, yeah. big way. He's great. Eddie Guerrero's great. This is a lot of fun. Hmm. This is probably the uh, one match that I would recommend uh, someone actually watching from this show. Um, like uh, uh, Dean yeah, Malenko I'm was just good, trying to think of Pillman Eddie Guerrero is the best match on this show. Oh, there's Conan versus Psychosis. Yeah, it's all right. I enjoyed that. Um. Uh. In, be- in between the next. Uh, in between the next two matches, we get uh, Eric. Uh, we get Tony Schiavone talking about uh, Eric being on the hotline, talking about Nacho Man and the Shuckster or whatever the WWF characters are. Can you find like those tapes? Must be online somewhere, right? I don't know like the hotline tapes. I don't know if they were. I don't know. Like, I, I get I get the feeling they might just be gone. Like, maybe someone has some cassettes that, like, you know, that, that are in a box somewhere. But I can't imagine these were yeah. the things they were like, let's keep for archiving. They must be. I, Conrad will have them. <laughs> <laughs> He's the kind of guy who would have those things. Um, I forgot to mention that Bobby the Brain Heenan got attacked by Brian Pillman during that match. Um, and he actually drops the F-bomb on air, live on air. Says, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> and then, <laughs> then he does his weasel stuff of like going to walk off down the ramp. And then he comes back, he puts his jacket on. It goes on forever. And then Skiavone goes, 
Now, now will you side with me and tell me and tell me that you don't like the way Pillman goes about his uh, business? And Bobby the Brain goes, "No, I think he's great." <laughs> <laughs> so good, it's great. Uh, before, uh, well, actually, we've got um, Conan versus Psychosis next. Um, and we've got, uh, I knew I should have written his name down because I was going to completely forget about it. Uh, Mike Tanay. Mike Tanay. We've got, is this the first time we've come across Mike Tanay? Yeah. Since we've started doing the podcast? I believe so, yes. I always like Mike Tanay. What do you think of him? Um, yeah, I found him inoffensive, which is, you know, better than I find many commentators in 2020 or many. Yeah, know. that's true. He just really knew his shit. He's like the original Mark, you know, in the sense of like, and they get him on to do his thing here where it's like, we don't know fucking anything about Mexican wrestling. Get Tanay in. He's the, he's the nerd who watches all that stuff. And <laughs> Actually, I think he was on when they did some New Japan stuff as well, wasn't he? I don't remember. <coughs> sorry. Um, but anyway, later on, he will reappear because there's so many Mexican wrestlers that come into the cruiserweight division, he essentially gets brought on board to be essentially the cruiserweight commentator. Yeah, that's, yeah. And he's very, very good at it. In WCW, hmm. he's really good. I think it's just the Mike TNA Tanay uh, was not so great. Ah, well, I don't know anything about that, and I've got another seven years before I have to watch it, so <laughs> <laughs> don't worry about it. Um, Conan defeated Psychosis by submission, and then they they basically this is basically putting Conan over, and them announcing that Conan has essentially signed for WCW. Yep. They say we're going to see a lot more of him, and uh, yeah, spoiler a lot. You will see a lot more of him. I really like Conan. Are you a Conan guy? Um, Were you a Conan guy back in the day? No, I don't really remember him very well, so I'm interested to see what I think of him. He's um he's in pretty good shape here. I thought you meant now, and I'm like, well, that's good. Um, but yeah, here he he looks no, great in, on Clash of Champions, yeah, yeah. the thing that we're talking about, right? Now. <laughs> oh. Yes. No, no, no. He's is it's I really I, I yes, he looks really good. This is a good match. It's a fun match. Yeah. I think I'm excited because it's the beginning of the Mexican, uh, I was going to say Mexican invasion, but then I was like, well, that doesn't sound good. But it's like, but it is though. Like Eric goes off and gets like a whole bunch of people from uh, AAA and brings them on board. Mm. And they, they basically are the cornerstone of the cruiserweight division and still, until we start getting into uh, LWO territory mm. and which I actually really liked Latino world order. But anyway, that's a couple of years <laughs> away before we get into that. Um, <laughs> uh, Eric Bischoff dresses David Byrne, uh, interviews Macho Man, Hulk Hogan, and some footballer dude. Oh, um, Hulk Hogan is a cunt. When uh, they're talking about so, so just for context for the people listening, uh, they reference well, you know, one of one of the three of us, this random footballer, Kevin Green, uh. Hulk Hogan or Macho Man has to take out Miss Elizabeth after this. And uh, we all know it's too much for Macho Man, his actual divorced wife. They're standing there talking about Macho Man's divorced wife and which one of them's going to fuck her because apparently it's too much for Macho Man because he got divorced. 
Ah, uh, well, that no. I mean, let's not bring Green into this. He didn't say that. Hulk Hogan specifically yeah, yeah. said to his best friend in inverted commas. Well, we all know that Miss Elizabeth was too much for you to handle, brother dude. Yeah, it was. Uh, this pretty, is the face of the company. Um, Imagine if your best friend said that to you. It's weird enough that, like, your ex-wife... I'm getting really worked up about the kayfabe here. (laughs) But, like, your ex-wife is back. It's going to be weird. Yes, they're talking in a weird boy's way of, like, who's going to take Elizabeth out in the town tonight, blah, blah, which is, like, ugh, gross. Yeah. Um, But then, like, just I I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. And then it must have been off the top of his head because Eric Bischoff's reaction is like, whoa. I suspect that they might have been uh, tripping the light fantastic, as uh, some might say. Uh, they you reckon? If they were stone cold sober doing this promo and behaving and saying the things they were saying, that is like they are like the 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 example of CTE and like what concussion can do to someone, but I I, I really suspect uh, they were uh, they were listening to some fish in in the back. Um. <laughs> well, before we get to the uh, main event, we cut back to the drive-through chapel where uh, Sensa- sensational Sherry is now shown up. She's gotten dressed. Mean Jean's offered to walk her down the aisle or drive-through. Um, what a wonderful country America is when you can, when there's drive-through weddings, man. I mean, beautiful. It's yeah, it's something else. <laughs> anyway, so Sherry and uh, the Colonel are about to get married, and I'm. Uh, oh, actually, as they're walking down the drive-through. God, we talk about ridiculous stuff here. As they're walking down the drive-thru, Mean Jean uh, mentions that um, the colonel got a phone call earlier uh, from another, or from Sherry, and Sherry was like, I didn't make any phone call. And then you sort of put two and two together and it's like, oh, he might be cheating on Sherry. Um, Anyway, just as they're about to get married, uh, Medusa appears out of nowhere and starts beating up sensational Sherry (laughs) in what was a pretty fun beatdown. Um, the only thing that kind of took me out of it a little bit was Stevie Ray and Booker T pissing themselves laughing the whole time it was going on. <laughs> I just felt so bad for, uh, for Medusa who just had this like incredible moment then disappeared mm. and now she's fucking an old man and beating up his, uh, fiance at her, at their wedding. And this is like her first storyline, like her. That's pretty pretty shit for old Medusa, young Medusa. Is it is it definite that she's uh, with Colonel Parker, or we'll we'll find? I out? don't know. I'm assuming that's the the storyline is that they're having an affair. I'm assuming, which means like Colonel Robert Parker like must have anyway, must have an Alex Wright style penis. <laughs> um, that's not what I was going to say. I was going to say he must be very charming. Uh, mm-hmm. Or his penis is very charming. <laughs> yes. All I'm saying is he must have an enormous penis with which to... Uh... A schlongster. Yeah. Yeah. We've got a number one contender for the schlongster title <laughs> in Colonel Parker. <laughs> <laughs> it's just great to talk about penises again on uh, WrestleWalk. <laughs> <laughs> 
makes me laugh. <laughs> we started with Blink One Eight Two. We we've, we're getting to the end with with penis talk. Yeah. Hey Tom, I fucked your mum last night. It's just like being at a Blink One Eight Two show. That's true. Anyway, we're at your main event, ladies and gentlemen, Ric Flair of the Four Horsemen. And uh, the giant of Dungeon of Doom with Jimmy Hart. And of course, he's got WCW all over his... What? I don't understand why he has WCW all over his jacket. Oh, okay. Um, he This is World Championship Wrestling, WCW. He works for them. Um, I don't know. I'm bad. I don't know. I don't know what he is. <laughs> but like, I know, he's weird. a heel. He's a bad guy. Why would he be a company guy? Anyway. Uh, They're inconsistent. Uh... <laughs> They uh, ended up defeating Hulk Hogan and Randy Savage in a match that went for nine minutes. Not a huge amount to write home here about, really. Um, I mean, it wasn't awful, but it was okay. We've got another knuckle duster finish where Ric Flair knocks out Macho Man uh, Randy Savage. Then we have run-ins from Horsemen and Dungeon of Doom, guys who get cleared out of the ring. Uh, And then we finish with... uh, Hulk, Randy, and uh, Miss Elizabeth, and Kevin Green, <laughs> and and for some bizarre reason, uh, in the ring. Ric Flair also says that uh, he intends to have sex with Miss Elizabeth again, um, which is a reference to the, the WWF storyline where he didn't have sex with Miss Elizabeth. Um, when does that happen? Well, I think it's when he's coming out. He's like, um, you know, I'm going to meet up with Liz again. Uh, one last time or something like that. It, there was there was some reference. Um, but he's a heel. He's allowed to make references like that in 1996. Um, oh, Ric Flair's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, 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 right. So, like, that's that's Ric Flair's character. That sort of makes sense. Yeah, yeah. And, he, yeah, Rick loves the ladies. He does. LL Cool Rick. Ladies love Cool Rick. <laughs> <laughs> Wish I didn't say that. Uh, we're at- <laughs> We're at uh, we're at the end of Clash of Champions. This was, I I hope that like I hate Clash of Champions as a pay per view. I love the idea of just having network specials with like things like this. I think like NXT and AEW are doing this a bit more now. Like they just have to put us in time of when we're recording this. It, like you know, we just had Winter is Coming. Uh, they've done Bash at the Beach. There's Halloween Havoc. Um, mm. Like doing big network shows that are a bit different from your, you know, nitros or whatever is a lot of fun. Yeah, like this was this was probably not the greatest use of an hour and a half, but it was still good. You know, yeah, yeah, it had enjoyable moments. You've got the, um, you know, well, second uh, debut of uh, Conan. Mm. Um, you got a wrestling wedding, yeah. which you love. Yeah, really, I do love wrestling weddings. So, yeah, although no one actually got married, which is always what happens in a wrestling wedding. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, like, the... the You've still got, like, Stephen Regal, Chris Benoit, Dean Malenko, Brian Pillman, Eddie Guerrero, Sting, Lex Luger, Conan, Psychosis, Ric Flair, Hulk Hogan, Randy Savage, all in the one bill. There's some good That's- wrestlers. Some good wrestlers on that on that build, but it was, I don't know, it was fine. It was fine. Yeah. I wasn't blown away by it, but it was it was fun. There was some fun moments. Yeah, 
Like, and I think that's sort of what it was supposed to be. Like, it obviously, you know, wasn't supposed to be the biggest thing in the world, but that's okay. Yeah. Um, well, we're, we're done. We can probably leave that there, right? Yeah, I think that's about time. All right. Uh, if you are enjoying what we're doing, uh, rate and review, uh, well, anywhere, but Apple Podcasts really helps if you can do that. Uh, follow us on the social media. Um, yeah, that's pretty much all we can ask of you guys. Um, until next time, Pepe's dead, brother friends. <laughs>